I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What up, guys? Welcome back to Watch Less, Complex's podcast for movie and TV culture. As always, I'm your host, The Summer Man, and we got Big Deputy Cal here. What's poppin', yo? Fun episode today. You're talking about some new TV, uh, some of my favorite genres to talk about. I think they both kind of count as teen shows, but on very opposite ends of the spectrum. Netflix's Outer Banks, which hit uh, sometime in mid-April, and Hulu's Normal People. And we're bringing in two complex OGs to help us break it down. Uh, Andrew Gridadaro, who's now a senior editor over at The Ringer, and Karinza Cadenas, who is now a features editor over at The Cut. Word. Good stuff. Good to have the, the squad back together. Definitely, definitely great to have the squad. The group chat as <laughs> it lives on. Group chat comes alive only here on Watch Less and other places, but you know how we do around here. Um, we do also have a, a dope conversation later on about uh, series finales for TV. I think there were a couple of... Uh, recently, there's been some conversation about some uh, interesting series finale. Shit, the Game of Thrones series finale... It's it's just been a year. Yeah, man. Mad Men was about five years ago. It's it's that time of year. So yeah, we'll be talking about that later as well. But you know, speaking of Game of Thrones, I think we didn't. Worst series finale is, is not a fun conversation. So ours is specifically suited to just some of our favorite and why. But before we get into any of that, I think we have a uh, a couple of sad notes. Again, recently we just lost Jerry Stiller. And uh, you know the, the 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 terrible news for entertainment fans keep coming. Uh, Fred Willard just passed away. Comedy goat, legend. two elder statesmen. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, because I, I we recently were doing actually you know in our conversation about season finale we talk a lot about uh, you know everybody loves Raymond. Uh, Fred Willard had like a random appearance on there. He was one of the characters' mo- uh, fathers, and he was. Wasn't in the show a lot, but like every time he was in there, hit after hit after hit. You Fred Willard saying? has been in everything. Literally, Spinal Tap. This, this is Spinal Tap, the classic mockumentary, Best in Show. Um, as dark as film. it sounds, I think it is a little comforting. Like they were both. Jerry Stiller might have been like ninety-two or something crazy. Yeah. Uh, Fred Willard was definitely like pushing eighty, I think. So it, it was at least comforting to know that the Rona didn't get them. Facts. Facts. No, 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 hundred percent. Um, the other sad bit of news. I mean, it's actually it's interesting because it's you know fairly uh, recent in terms of you know the work that she was doing. Uh, Lynn Shelton, filmmaker, writer, director. She passed away as well. Uh, she was fifty four. Um, I believe she she had done some work on Little Fires Everywhere most, most recently. recently yeah. But she was also directing episodes of Glow, New Girl. Mad Men. Mad Men, The Good Place. Yeah, it's it's crazy to see. Um, they when I was growing up, and, and my grandmother was very superstitious, but she always used to talk about how death comes in threes. Yeah, and you see that a lot. You see that, you know, and I think 
again, for specifically for the world of TV and movies to have, you know, three people who were, you know, class acts in their fields taken away, you know, around the same time. It's just really sad. So, uh, you know, our condolences to uh, their family, fans, friends, all that stuff. Sad to Yeah, hear. Lynn was doing really great work on the, the indie film circuit, especially. Like, she was, I think, credited with a lot of that, like, mumblecore movement. Mmm. And, you know, work with, like, the Duplass brothers and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. Sad. Very sad to hear. Um, this episode won't dwell on the sadness too much. Um, but, you know, again, rest in peace to both of them. We will get into our conversation about some new TV right after this break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So many people um, hit me up about Outer Banks saying it's a show I would love. Andrew's definitely one of the first. Uh, our homie Mark, friend of the pod, mm-hmm. definitely sent me, he was, sent me an early text like, yo, this shit kind of rips. Mm. And then speaking of complex OGs, I remember Nick Restivo was tweeting about how he just couldn't stop watching it, but wasn't sure if it was good or trash. And I was like, yo, people are telling me I would love it. And he said in the most backhanded compliment way that, yeah, you'll definitely love it. (laughs) (laughs) That is definitely a Restivo clap back. All right. There's two things that we've strived to do with Watch Less since we started the podcast. I think one of them was to highlight shit that we are watching and especially shit that we're fucking with. But we also, and I think more importantly, want to bring a lot of the conversations that we're having in our various group chats to life. <laughs> um, you can hear that laughter. You know what's coming. Um, one of our, if you've heard Fraser talk about Slack 2.0 and some of like our, our more infamous uh, G-chat conversations, we've, uh, we've brought back a couple of friends, a couple of friends to the, to us personally, as well as to the site, um, for this episode, for this discussion about two new shows that just popped off, I guess, within the last month or so. We've got Andrew Gridadaro from, he's a senior editor from The Ringer, and Karinza Cadenas, cultural editor at The Cut, uh, to have a quick chat about two very interesting shows. Uh, I want to start with Outer Banks, which just hit Netflix, what, a week or two ago, Andrew? Dude, I've been talking to you guys about this for at least a month. Yeah, but I'm, but, I know quarantine time passes oddly. But, but when did it when did it start though? I feel like it just came out. It came, I think it came out like mid-April, but it's been really? like it's been bubbling. Yeah. It hasn't it, it wasn't one of those Netflix shows that like popped off immediately. Yeah. yeah. And it's been like lingering in that little top ten pretty much since it came out. I, I, I remember the day you sent the trailer, I believe, into the chat, and I was like, yeah, I don't like this. And you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> Look, I didn't really plan on watching it, and then, you know, you got a lot of time these days. And on a Saturday, I hit play at, like, 2 p.m., and I literally watched the entire thing. The whole show? Oh, my gosh. Oh, Jesus. Okay. What, what was it about the show that intrigued you that much? 
Dude, I mean, and this the is the way I've been. <laughs> just the glow. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's basically the OC mixed with like national treasure. Yeah, that makes sense. That's and, actually really good. And the reason I stuck to it is just, it is so admirably committed to its like batshit universe. It's not afraid of itself. And I just really respect that. All right, the episode that I'm on just brought in like, uh, you know, a backstory about an axe murdering old what? woman what? in a haunted yeah. house. Like, how do we get to haunted houses in the what? about shipwrecks? Dude, they're just throwing everything the most on the insane wall. show. It's great. I and but they're 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 so committed to it that I I just love it. Everyone's gonna call this like a CW show, but you know what kind of energy it really has. It has like Fox Summer Show in it. Oh, you guys oh, remember yes. when, like, uh, like Summer TV used to be its own thing? Yeah, I saw because um, I think one of when I was because I was trying to figure out where I knew what's her name, Kiara Key, mm -hmm. Key. and a lot that was those were all of the descriptions people were given. Nine hundred two one zero. You know, they didn't say Melrose Place, but they did mention a lot of CW stuff as well. I still don't think I'd seen her before. I think she did. The one article I read, they said she did like a six episode arc in Black Lightning, which I dropped on out on very early. <laughs> um, but I, I mean, props to her because she's one of my favorite characters on this show. I think she's probably one of the ones that makes the most sense in a world where they've got names for the broke people and the rich people. And it's it seems kind of like... I, I don't are there towns well, in America that talk about like oh those fucking pogues like you know we we don't want you on our side of the the island or whatever like well, <laughs> it's kind of whack how no one calls her out for being like uh uh rich like a foot in both worlds kind of thing like her dad owns she's a, a whole, tourist her, her, that's she cultural tourist that's what they call it well the, there was the one part where like I, what's his name bird. John B or whatever his name John is. John B. Burgess he, is the nickname given by his father, of course. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> he he kisses her and she's like, yo, chill. There's no pogue on pogue macking. But I'm like, fam, you're not really a pogue. <laughs> that when, and also does that when they say that, because at first, all right, in the in the intro when he's entering everybody, and first let me say John B is awful and <laughs> This is, as I like. this is Team Goodfellas in the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> when he's doing his narration, I thought they just called like their squad the Pogues. No. But all, all poor people poor are Pogues. <laughs> so does that mean only poor people are banging rich people on this island? Maybe. When they say no Pogue on Pogue Mac, like, how does that work? Gotta be. You I don't know how. to a code. <laughs> Every man has a code. But it's like, where do you get, where do, do, they, do they explain where the word, the terms Pogues and kooks come from? Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I'm, I won't worry because I was wait. I was waiting for that one episode. Where it's like, all right, back in the 1600s or whatever, and like you're a pogue, and it just stuck. <laughs> the guy's laying in the mud or something like that. So I'm I'm glad I don't have to look out for that. But the fact that this show where kid like I my man got electrocuted on a fence at one point, and then like he's just fine. There's also <laughs> Because the, it's lucky, the lucky compass saved him. The, Dude, <laughs> the compass is so confusing. And also, like, why does he look like Pigpen from, from Peanuts? He's dirty. He's a dirty. Very committed there's, to, there's, uh, there's a stretch. I, I don't know if you guys have gotten there yet, but there's a stretch at the end where it they 
definitely don't sleep or shower for like at least 72 hours. <laughs> like it just goes constantly and they are moving constantly and no one ever gets tired. They don't care. The one dude was eating a mold sandwich. <laughs> dude, it's hard, man. But wait, because it, it, it gave me a Riverdale vibe when the the, the, the one point the, the black lady cop comes to JB's house and is like, Hey, I, I don't want you sheriff. going. She's the sheriff. The sheriff. I'm sorry. She's like, I don't want you going to foster care or whatever. And she's like, you were doing great in school. And now your grades are slipping. And he's talking about class. I'm like, when the fuck do they go to school? <laughs> I couldn't tell if it was summertime or like it was because he doesn't look like a high schooler. None of the kids. He's, do. 20, he's 27 years old. Yeah. I mean, and the spirit <gasps> of the OC, like yeah. they all look like they're just graduating college. So yeah. what, what, when are they going to school? Where is the school? These oh, kids. it's def- it, it's summer. In an episode that you haven't gotten to yet, they mentioned summer classes, or whatever. But he goes to school to ask a teacher for help, and a teacher is just there. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "What is he cleaning the classroom? Like, what the fuck?" Jeez, it's it, it's not River. It's not Riverdale levels of I'm a straight A student plus I own a uh, a, a speakeasy in a malt shop while I also have a rum business. It's not that bad, but just the, like my there. Just, just beer bottles everywhere. Like kids, the kids, a whole drug dealer coming to the party with like you know, grams of yayo. Like what? what sent- <laughs> that kid sucks. Yeah, kid sucks. no, no, no. I don't like. I don't like Topper. I like Rafe. Rafe, Rafe is, is a good rich. Yeah, actress. I was gonna say I, I could see Fraser hanging out with Rafe. Oh my! God. <laughs> really? Oh, I, what, no, it's, I'm glad that you said that because I hate. Like they have to do it, but I hate when these shows have the rich assholes and they have like the black friend. I'm like. Dude, I fit the black friend. His name is Kelsey, by the way. (laughs) That's not that's not a thing that happens. No, I'm so (laughs) interested in the life of Kelsey because like the the self loathing that that man must have. Got to right. He's wearing like the 2013 Childish Gambino shorts. (laughs) They treat him like dirt, and he's still hanging out with them. Yeah. Well, I I felt bad when they beat up Pope, and if it was the most like segregationist, like we don't want you on (laughs) our side. I'm like Jesus. Are you trying to make a statement, or are you just beating up the black kid? Like, what's going on? I'll say. uh, I I have been to the Outer Banks. I've I was like vacationed there a couple times. Mm-hmm. It is nothing like the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I never Other- once like saw a small house or like really. Also, the Outer Banks is on the ocean, and this show mostly takes place in like little inlets. Yeah, never yeah. on the ocean. Jesus, is is it's? Did they get as mad as people got um, about the Made in Staten Island show? <laughs> this is a desecration to my city. Probably, because there's like there's cop murder on this show. There's a lot of cocaine getting passed around. Lots of cocaine. It's not the best look for the Outer Banks. At all. At all. I didn't Class re- warfare. <laughs> I didn't realize it was going to get so uh, supernatural, though. I, I, I'm intrigued, though. I, I will say, I, I saw the trailer, like I said. I was not into it. Watch the, the first five minutes with my man narrating. I wasn't into it, but it made sense. But it's 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 a good binge, you know. One of our producers, Jasmine, shouts out to Jasmine. She said she she did the same thing you did, Andrew. She kind of turned it on and just ran through it. It's a good binge. It's hard. Not I will to. say it's the it's one of the only shows I'm legit flying through. Like you guys know, I'm a snob about binging. Yeah, yeah we all got the know. They they know they know what they're doing. Smart. Like, Kareem's is not fucking with it, which is, should be surprising. That's shocking. That's shocking to me. 
I know you definitely like find John B attractive in your no, actually, I actually no, I do not at all. I was actually having <laughs> a conversation with some friends in a tech last night and one of them I was like, that lead guy is like not hot and she's like, Creams, I think you just have different tastes than the rest of the country. I was gonna <laughs> ask okay. you kinda do though. You're you're big into uh gray haired Steve Carell. <laughs> okay, but who is You like you like Ward. You're yeah, you're, Ward. <laughs> The evil, oh. evil dad. You're into him. Well, you know, I mean, yeah, of course I'm into an evil dad. Like, come I'm on. from Nashville. But yeah, I and he was, oh, he had so many problems on that show. <laughs> A lot of problems. Jesus. I don't know. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. Maybe I'll try another, but like, I mean, it does seem like something that is like tailor made for myself. Well, I will say if we're comparing it to the OC and it also, Karinza, did you watch Vampire Diaries? I've seen like four seasons of it. Jesus. All right, so you know it's got that same like <laughs> old supernatural. Yeah, you said it like you just watch a little. Like, oh, I just watched half the show. <laughs> but that show also had like the teen bullshit with like the town historical secrets. Yeah. So it's got kind of that vibe. But both of those shows were way better at throwing like like one of the big hooks of the OC, which was also a summer show, which is why that first season had so many episodes. But the OC always had like these crazy lavish parties, mm -hmm. and Outer Banks has a party episode that they just do nothing with almost. Yeah, they jump off of a roof, and that's about it. Like, and Rafe, Rafe sells coke at a at a reduced price. And then they had their own debutante ball, and they like didn't even go all in on that. Like I was annoyed. I was annoyed by that as well. Right? Now, wait, wait. Yeah, the, and, you, and also watching Gossip Girl, you know that all of the action always goes down at a party. You would think. No one did yayo. At the dead ball. <laughs> but wait, but wait. So my man, he spent the money for a generator on a motorcycle. Yeah. Oh, and then, everyone on the show is dirt bikes. I don't know why. It's weird. It's weird. He he he, he spent bought a, bought a motorbike. Had to get fronted the coke. I'm yeah. assuming he was going to use the coke money to then pay his dad back, or at least buy a generator. But then he's like, oh yeah, that sixty dollar batch of coke. Just give me forty. Whatever. Yeah. He's Top a bad drug dealer. Really Top, bad you, drug dealer. Good at doing even, drugs, but terrible at selling them. <laughs> Top didn't even did Topper even put any money in on that no. coke? He, he just sat down, did a bump, and he's like, Yeah, I'll do another one. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> also, also, since good. we brought up Vampire Diaries, which got into um they got into like slavery stuff, whatever. Andrew, since you finished and we didn't, I have to at least ask. Does the show ever point out that it's weird that you find out? Spoiler alert, Cal. It's fine. It's fine. The dude, the the goal that they're looking for, it turns out, uh, a black dude like found it and freed himself with it, <laughs> and then used it to free slaves and hand the rest of the money. Yes. So now he has these white kids looking for like what his ancestors or some shit. Slave gold should have like his gold, and these just. Fucking dirty idiots are trying to come up off of it. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's they, problematic. They don't address it. Their one black friend does not address it. Um, that's that's another thing that fasc fascinates me about Kelsey is like he's just living in this place that's so steeped in historical racism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just being disrespected by white people. Terrible. I can't believe this show is literally a month old. I I swore it came out last week. 
it's weird that it's not why do we think it's not catching on that crazy yet like especially because i i don't believe anything netflix reports just with the right. healthy dose of cynicism so even with that top 10 like i don't know if that's really a trending or they're just fixing the shit with their own original shit i bet it's like on tiktok or something maybe because I mean, they, they, they seem hot enough. Watching it, like women who I work with, like their teen daughters are watching it. Oh, the Riverdale crowd is watching. Might it. Might actually be watching it. You, but you would think that the kids, because Riverdale just ended, you would think the kids who stop at that would start watching something like this. Honestly, Cal, I don't think teens watch Riverdale. I think you and I watch. <laughs> Riverdale. You're, you're not wrong. There. You're, not, you're not wrong there. But no, I will say, and it was, it, I don't. Someone told me who I, I would assume would have inside knowledge said that there was some Riverdale event that happened and they were like, oh my God, you, you wouldn't be able to believe all the, you know, just the kids who came out. I'm like, that makes sense. I'm assuming, but I don't, my son doesn't watch it. So if my son doesn't watch it, it's it's hard to get a grasp of what the kids are actually well, into. He also doesn't want to watch it because his dad watches it. Yeah. You've made it uncool. Yeah. You've made Riverdale uncool for him. That makes sense. I mean, it's probably for the best. There's a lot of, uh lingerie and uh you know well there's a lot of in- there's like a lot of light incest in it too there's a lot of incest well. a lot of fucking um <laughs> i guess speaking of fucking uh, the other the other show <laughs> what an amazing segue this is this is a classic you know facebook live segue a classic complex pop culture segue <laughs> facts um normal people this is another show that specifically team beat Karinsa and Andrew, and I know Karinsa especially has been like very hype yeah. on this BBC Three. See, did you have screeners or something? Because again, it feels like you were on this a lot earlier. Um, yeah, I have screeners, but so it's based on this book that um, by Sally Rooney, who, and it came out like last year. I think I re- I read it like before that. Like I read a galley of it like when I was like still at Cosmo. I think mm. I read it a long time ago, and the book is like really good. And then I remember hearing that the show was going to be made. And then when I got screeners, like I was like a little nervous to watch them because they think I got them at the very beginning of all of this happening. Yeah. um, A lot of my coworkers had started watching them. Like my writer Sangeeta was like, oh my God, it's so good, but it's like extremely horny. And I was like, I don't think I'm right in the right emotional place for that right now. Wow. Um, Damn. But then I finally caved and ended up watching it, especially after I heard it was only a half hour. No, half half (laughs) hour episodes amazing um well and because i was like okay if it's as horny as everyone is saying like i can't watch like 45 minutes of that because i'll just die it's pretty fucking Um, horny so like half an hour i'm like okay i guess that's like okay Um, she she was like (laughs) so yo (laughs) when they go to the abandoned lot and marianne tells them that she'll get tetanus (laughs) 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 like jesus who are these people? Again, I've not I've not gotten too deep into normal people. <laughs> I've watched enough to be just confused about not necessarily him, but mostly her. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. has she's been socially stunted or something? Like, is she just living in this house? She has no, no friends. friends. Dickhead. Well, it, I think it's like a little like that was something some people have been talking about at my work is they think that like, and I don't I don't know if I fully agree with it, but they were saying like in comparison from the book to the show, like Marianne is portrayed in the book as like much more awkward, even though mm-hmm. again, so he's like kind of ashamed of being attracted to her. And so like, but in this, and she does still blossom like when she goes to college and stuff, but like here she's like still 
pretty hot. Like, yeah, she's. Um, I mean, he shouldn't be like. I don't want to be with her. I don't want to be seen with her. Like, yeah, yeah. So, like, I think that that doesn't make as much sense as it does in the book. And I think that they don't get into her kind of family, like, super, super into her family issues until like much later in the show. In the show, and I think that that Weird. comes out earlier and more organically in the book at first. Gotcha. Well, he has the whole panic attack. In the third episode, when even the idea that they might be hooking up comes out to his friends. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean... What a we Is this British society? Is this how, like, kids... Irish. Are... Yeah. This Irish is, society? I think this is just Irish people, like, basically. <laughs> like, this is these Irish are just two system? extremely Irish people who can't, right. can't, uh, can't discuss their feelings. <laughs> Grand. Connell. She, she's, no. mad. She, she's mad horny. She's, like, extremely horny. Uh, I did not see. I didn't. I don't. I didn't read the book, so I didn't see the the college twist coming where he's like a loser at college I love it. and reconnects with her. That's what's good about the show, though, right? Like yeah. it, it sort you sort of expect it to go a certain way, and you even in times when you're expecting the show to sort of like stay with Marianne, uh, it then switches and, and focuses entirely on Connell. Yeah, yeah, um, and like drills deep into their into their psyches. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, and that's so like hard to actually do well too. And I think the show does it really well. Like, both of them are incredible. Incredible, like so so good. They're both so great. Like, well, Karinza, you interviewed them, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you interviewed them together? No, I just interviewed him. Like, oh, okay. Had like an hour on Zoom. Mm. Before like the show came out, and I like told him I was like, "You're gonna be like." everybody's going to be, like, jerking off over you. And he doesn't believe me. <laughs> He's got that look. He he does have that look as, like, a leading guy I mean, yeah. Situation, like, yeah. All of the chain close-ups. And he said, like, he had told me that those were very purposeful. Like, the directors were like, hey, zoom in on the chain right now. I was going to say, was the chain, as the, like, in GQ, it says chain self? Or oh. was that a prop? <laughs> oh, no. He was, like, wearing the chain, and I can, like, show, I was, like, are you, I was, like, do you wear a chain in person in real life? And he, like, rolls into the camera and, oh, like, pulls this chain out. Damn. Fra Fraser is now even more hyped for this guy. <laughs> Dude, Connell's, well, I mean, Connell's chain on Instagram has 136 <laughs> thousand followers what? Well, no but it shouts to you andrew i recently saw your tweet it was just like you know the, the his it was connell's chain it was jordan's chain yeah. like it, 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 ryan atwood, ryan atwood. It, it's, I, it's big chain moments right now like if things reopen again and like like or if like we're allowed to see or touch people again this summer i would recommend every man wear a chain this summer because my I, fiance bought me a chain after we watched the show <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You Isn't know. that because his chain's pretty tight though, right? Like it, it's not really hanging at all. It's pretty, yeah. It's pretty close to his neck. Yeah, it's like mid choker energy. That's that's, that's Irish Irish chain. <laughs> <laughs> Irish chain energy. It would be a good thing for all men to get into chains this summer. Is that I've been in chains, right? Okay. okay. Like, you know, just saying. Before normal people. Before, here you go. He can't even find his grill. He lost his grill eight years ago. <laughs> I did. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This podcast, Fraser's chain. I'm gonna start the. I'm gonna start the Instagram account. So I, I guess is this is airing both in on the BBC as well as on Hulu over here. 
Yeah. But I think it's weird because all of the episodes are on Hulu, but it's airing weekly on BBC. How how does that work? Why does that work? I don't know. That's weird. Are people... Go ahead. Do we feel like this show is as good a binge as Outer Banks, or is it one that you only watch in chunks at a time? I think it's different. I think it's like uh, two to three episodes. Yeah. It's impossible to just watch one episode for me, but... Uh, yeah. By the time I get to the third episode, I'm like, I need a fucking break. Yeah. <laughs> like, I agree with that. It, especially as you get later into the series, it, it starts to get really heavy. Uh, oh my god! It gets. They. I mean, they do a fantastic job, and uh, Paul Mescal especially is like yeah. acting his ass off. But mm. they do uh, get into some real mental health stuff. Um, mm. In a in a way that's really good, but in a way that is really powerful and like, Real heavy. it it uh, weighs on you. I think like yeah. a, a, even a week after I finished the show, I was I was sort of like in a fog a little bit because mm. it's just uh, very emotional and very and in a sharp way that like digs into you. Yeah, I was like describing it as like I feel like it's like like when you have a bruise and you press on it. Like and it still yeah. like kind of hurts. That's what I feel like the like the whole show is. Um, and just oh, like again, the, the development of their relationship and like the back and forth of like this like very intense like young love is just like, fucking brutal. Like it's so good, but it is like and especially like Andrew said, like once they get into college and their like relationship becomes more complex, and then they have like other people in their lives and are just still constantly being drawn back to each other is just like. Oh. Callum Frazier, have you guys gotten to Jamie? <gasps> have you met the, Jamie yet? Is that the college boyfriend? Yeah. Or, or the, college boyfriend. The, the second college boyfriend. Jesus. No. She well, is really horny, isn't she? <laughs> I met the one. So the episode I just watched this morning, Connell's in class with a dude who turns out to be her yeah, boyfriend. Yeah. And then there's this other dude who seems to be like he's mad. The other dude is. Yeah. yeah, I got. All right. I picked up on that. A fucking loser. <laughs> he seems whack as hell. I can't wait till you guys get to the Jamie episodes because they're fucking absurd. Andrew hates him. I hate it. I, he's a villain. Is he the Oliver of the show? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. he's worse than Oliver. A little bit. I think the other thing that's so good about it is like it's also like reminds me of the OC in the way it uses music. Like it uses music yeah. really, really well. Like I don't think Frasier, you've. Probably, no, you haven't gotten it to it yet. It's probably like an episode or two, but they use Nikes by Frank Ocean at this mm-hmm. party. Oh, and it's just like wow. long, it's just fucking Carol glances and like wow. Nikes playing at this party. And it's just so much. I was like, wow, Fuck I love seek. seeing Were Weren't people talking about uh, Imogen Heap too for the show, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, they, they use hide and seek. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I think what it's this conversation move. proves is that the OC is just the blueprint still. It's true. Yeah. For yeah. both sides, for the high art teen shows and the um whatever the fuck outer bank. <laughs> <laughs> well when you when you guys do the special OC episode, I will mute my mic because I don't want to hear it. I'm sorry. No, we'll see, Cal, we can't figure it out because you need to mute your mic for the OC, but you're the only person who's stuck with Riverdale through the fucking gargoyle. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. And, and hey, guess what? Fucker. 
You and Carissa <laughs> are the ones that made me start watching that shit. Again, I mentioned Facebook Live. I remember we would, oh shit, Riverdale, da 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 da. We got a whole piece on the side about it. And I was really hype about that first episode. And then I kept fucking going because I'm a weirdo completist. And now it's, why? I spent so much time binging season three for the fucking thing with the ant. It's so stupid. It's so stupid. But. Wow. This is I like giving me it. such a TBT to all of us sitting together in the office and Cal yelling at me and Frazier for getting him involved in shows that it he happened. now can't stop watching. Like, it But it, again, it keeps happening because I'm going to stick with Outer Banks. And I'm, it sounds like I need yeah, to stick it, with normal, the normal people. The payoff is so good. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably going to wrap up this conversation with us. Um, Andrew, Karinza, thank you for coming through. Thank you for really having appreciate us. It. So happy to be here. It's been a dream. I, yeah, we'll have to do this again. Does soon. Outer Banks end with a good hook for season two? I am fucking dying for season two. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I had a feeling. Say less. Wait, didn't I read that they're all isolating together to do press? Oh, like, it's Outer possible. Banks cast is like the same house together. Yeah, they should I, just make that season two. I would watch it. <laughs> I, I saw, again, when I was There's a lot invest- of Pogon, Pogon, Mac going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was, I was investigating Key, and there's, I guess there's a, everybody's shipping uh, Pope and JJ with her or something like that. Like a throuple? A three-way ship. Not wow. together, but it's, it's kind of like the, you know, are you team Pope or are you team JJ? I mean, well, JJ is the best character. Are we agreed? Yeah. JJ's he's a, a du- he's, he's probably a the best actor. He's probably the best he's definitely actor. the best actor. He's giving he looks, up. He he's looks like up. hot Theon Greyjoy. He, I mean, he, <laughs> well, he's like the only one I can see like having yeah. somewhat of a career after this. Exactly, for sure, like, or at least like, like a, a good career. He's he's throwing himself into the role of the squad idiot. You know I know, man. Rafe, Rafe's pretty good too. Rafe, wow. my cokehead, my cokehead buddy. <laughs> Okay. As soon as he said yeah, yeah, it was all in. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Yeah, duh. See ya. Bye. Peace, like. Corona is not only fucked up movie release schedules, complex con, but uh, it's also it's it's messed up a lot of TV shows season and series finales like. You, you know how uh, May is is notoriously sweeps month when well, it comes. I don't, what, what's crazy is I don't know if streaming has like. Oh, streaming's a whole other animal. Well, it's no. I, I just mean streaming has diluted the concept of sweeps. I was explaining this to someone. Yes. Um, me and Carissa were rewatching like Buffy. I think it was or something. Mm-hmm. And I was explaining how they used to have plot developments go down in specific months because of sweeps and like what sweeps was and it sounds like this whole totally foreign concept now yeah it's it's i mean for people that aren't aware of sweeps usually there's two times of the year when tv advertisers like look to make their pay, place their bets essentially on what shows what channels they want to put the most ad dollars on so big money big money and it's usually a lot of like your NBCs, your ABCs, CWs. Now, a lot of the local, I guess you could say free, quote-unquote, television that everybody gets. Um, so they'll t- it's usually May and I believe... February. It's, it's May and February. Um, so a lot of their biggest episodes, their biggest plot points, their biggest, uh, you know, moments, shocking moments, whatever on the shows, would happen during these, quote-unquote, sweeps months. 
the way the TV schedule has aligned is usually May sweeps also coincide with finale time. Right. So when, with cliffhangers, you know, whatever wild shit that would be happening at the end of a season, they want to make sure that happens so they can get the most eyes on their channels so then they can get the most ad revenue in. It's a, it's out again, like Fraser said, with streaming, with cable TV, it's such an outdated model, but it still goes on. It's still a thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure. But I mean, I, again, we, we bring all this up because we wanted to just have a conversation again, around the good series yeah, finale. We're not getting into any worse here. One of the, but, but in, in, cause it's like, all right, we'll have this conversation. It's like, yeah, there's like a couple that you can name off the top of your head. And I'm sitting there thinking like, I really don't, there's a lot of series finales. I just am not rocking with, you know what I'm yeah. saying? They're it's, very, well, Seinfeld himself actually said famously that, um, the pilot and the finale are probably always going to be the worst episodes of a show. Any show. Yeah. Any show. It's, it's even a show like that's the, great. Even, cause again, there's shows like the wire. Where, you know, I, I think, you know, we're, we both are aligned in terms of, you know, digging the finale. But I think it's, that, that pilot is hard. That, that, the first, like, five episodes of, of, of The Wire, really just trying to get into it, it's difficult. And I think it, it's, it's like that through a lot of shows. Um, yeah, people don't really realize that uh, having a great pilot and or a great finale is like a super rarity. Mm-hmm. And you kind of shouldn't judge many shows off them. Obviously, there's a larger, like, something like Dexter, Game of Thrones. Like, it's not, those problems don't just lie in the finale, which is why, yeah. you know, they go down to some of the worst finales of all time. But, mm-hmm. if you know, a show builds to its, like, final, final episode and it doesn't quite hit for you, that shouldn't, like, erase the legacy of the show. Yeah. And I, and I guess, too, I would assume that, trying to figure out the best way to finish a show is difficult. There are certain finales for me where I love the fact that I'm able to paint the picture of what would have happened after that in my head, or at the very least, it causes conversation that extends long past, oh, was this a good episode or not? You know, for example, you know, this <laughs> we're going to have this conversation at some point, but the Soprano series finale, to me, to me, it's it all boils down to that diner scene, you know? And I think the fact that to this day, if I was to get in our group chat and be like, so, the Sopranos finale, we could have like a 45-minute conversation about just that episode. Hell it's yeah. A, well, it's no, impactful. just that scene. Because no just one else, a, just people don't scene. even remember without like Phil Leotardo or anybody else getting whacked in that episode. It's just all about... I promise you, I only remember. It's all about Holsteins. There's onion rings. I know Meadow was running across the street or something at one point. And then there's the black, it fades to black. But I think things like that for me are just, they're so much more impactful than just like, you know, la-di-da. Thank you for watching the show. Here's a, you know, here's a gimme or whatever. So, I mean, how do you feel about the Soprano series finale? Like, I guess you've only watched it, what, once? The finale, yeah, or the show. The, the I'm going the through the finale. show for the. Well, I'm going through the show for the first time and like in full as an adult. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. uh, I remember watching the finale live. Yes. With my parents, The Sopranos was like a, a over the shoulder parents show for me. Uh huh. Um, but I think it's good that you brought it up first because that to me, like, 
is indicative of what a good finale is because I don't I don't need a series finale to be a like a definitive ending. No. But it just has to be an ending that like upholds and puts like a like a period on the show's themes, which I think that scene does really well. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. It's uh and I'm I was trying to think about what made people feel like they need to have like a a here is the final page in the book, you know, closing of the book episode. I'm gonna assume it's MASH. Yeah. I, I think uh That predates those, me. For <laughs> you know what, it's fun MASH was one of those shows where I was like, oh, it's one in the morning, I hear this music, let me change the channel or oh this this is really like old people comedy, which it is. It's like if you're a history buff and you also like really like sarcastic smart humor. MASH is a phenomenal show. It's very well acted. Shouts out to Alan Alda, all of them. But I think the finale, a goodbye, farewell, and amen, which I believe at the time, or for years, it was like the most watched thing ever on television. Um, I think some, something like it's 72% of households yeah, it was, were watching. It was ridiculous. Like, a, like no other show has matched that stat. No, I th- I think in terms of uh, it's like the only other things that even get close are Super Bowls, the se- the series finale for the show, the two hour uh movie finale for the show. More than a hundred and six million people watched it. It was <laughs> that you shows don't normally do. It, you're rare to find a couple million people watching a decently acclaimed show these days. Back in the day, when there were four channels or whatever, you could only watch so much. But 106 million people watching this, everybody it, w- it was a beloved show, but it's one of those things where everybody had to sit around and capture what exactly was happening with this final moment for uh, you know, a beloved television show. And no other show has, has had that many people yeah. tuned into it since. But you know, to keep it HBO for a second, I think stuff like The Leftovers season finale you know what i'm saying where it's like powerhouse tour de force and, and again it's it's one of those things where it's like okay we're having we all of we're, we're figuring out all of these things for this one character in the last you know hour of the show but <laughs> how long the, the camera sits on carrie coon for like a solid like five minutes while she's telling this story and you don't know if she's bullshitting or not. I still don't know. Well, that again, that's that's like uh, the show in a microcosm. You know, like was it some supernatural shit? Is she lying? And does it really matter? It's it's almost like we should let the mystery be, huh? That's a really nerdy <sighs> joke. That's a really corny nerdy leftovers. If joke. you know, you know. If you know, shouts out leftovers high. But yeah, leftovers is probably another one of, of recent memory. Where I was like, damn, they really. They really did that shit. Well, all right. You know, I want to keep it in recent memory, too, because I think it's really cool when, um, you know, new stuff enters the Pantheon and new stuff kind of gives you that feeling of like, wow, this is an instant classic. Word. Which, again, we want to stress doesn't happen too often, but I think it was on your list, but I'm, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Mr. Robot. Yes. Yes. Really did the damn thing. I was I was going through a lot of the... The obvious ones, and then I'm sitting because I again, and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, 
Um, I, I want you guys to know, I was looking through, like, what are my favorite shows? What shows am I watching completion? And which ones really had that finale? And I think Robot's last episode, it was, and that was a mixture of everything. It was kind of like giving you the, the, the final thesis statement on what Sam Ashmael and company were trying to do, as well as just wrapping the whole thing up. You know, there was, there was no other way I think for this series to go when it goes to what that end point looked like. And I think they knocked that shit out the park. Beautiful. Big fact. Those are two shows that I'm really waiting on, you know, people to become like real cult status. Maybe uh, maybe the next time we have a pandemic, people will start watching Mr. Robot again. Here, I'm going to bring up one Uh-oh. that I know isn't on your list because you fell off on the show. Uh-oh. You resent us putting you onto the show. Uh-oh. I know exactly what you're talking about. Go ahead. Go ahead. If we're keeping in track with recent finales, and this also was last year, I believe. Yes. Yes. Um, I managed to sneak it on to the mid-year best list. Yes. I don't think it made the cut at the end of the year. No, it but definitely dropped. There's a lot of TV shows. <laughs> well, and there was a lot of fire that came out that second half. Yes. You're the Worst has a great series finale. You kept saying that. I'm still... I'm and not, to me, I get, I get it. <laughs> the season that you stopped on is a very bad season. The last But one. to me, if a show um, pulls a great finale out of, out, of, out of its ass, then it's worth continuing. Because at least you're, you know you're getting something. In there. So, all right, you just don't trust me that it's a great finale. Well, the th- all right. The thing is, I've watched... I was three episodes into the final season. And I'm like, I don't care. I, and, I, and that was already after be- season four being like, <laughs> fuck this show. And I was so gung-ho... I still have the last like ten episodes to watch, but I remember you saying the finale. The finale was worth it. I think is what you were basically saying. Um, yeah, ties their relationship up in like a really great way. That's like really true to the characters. And I don't know if you got to this point in the season, but there's like these kind of um, flash forwards, almost like remember how Breaking Bad was flashing forward in its last season to like yeah. The house mm-hmm. being disheveled and shit. Word. So it has that type of energy. Like you see Jimmy's house boarded up or some, or for sale or something like that. All these kinds of like dark portents. Because, uh, you know, they're in a doomed relationship anyway, as it seems. Right. And the way it kind of builds to revealing what those flash words were mm. is really great. And then there's like a really great montage that like keeps it from being like a too dark or too happy ending. I really want to get back to it. I, you know but, what? I, I put it so far on the back burner, I just forgot about it. I mean, when a show becomes a chore to watch, it becomes a chore to watch. Like, that's what happened to me in Riverdale. Um, and yeah. you bring up a really good thing that also ties into the finale talk, which is that some of these shows, especially these serialized shows, um, even if they don't have, like, the ending, like, firmly locked, mm-hmm. which can be a bad thing. Like, I know we're not, we're not dwelling on worse finales here, but something like How I Met Your Mother, Ooh. which... Um, I don't know if you know the context of that, but just to explain that really quickly, that show ended up running for, I want to say, nine seasons, mm-hmm. but they had not only decided on, they filmed the finale after season two. What? Yeah. I mean, I guess at one point it wasn't like a hit show and they thought they were going to get canceled, so they just wanted it to cover their bases. Mm. But, you know, once the show obviously became like a huge hit, they never course corrected. 
and you, obviously seven years of show just really didn't make that original ending hit at all. Wow. So that's a lesson against pre-planning, but some of these other shows, they kind of, you know, they get to a point where, I think we were talking about this on the pod last week, that when is that Lost actually um, set the precedent for deciding how many years were left in a show. Yeah, yeah, they knew. And, I- and some series, so I don't, I don't watch The Americans, but I definitely saw this on another FX series, Justified, where it's like, they know they're going to end this year, mm-hmm. so that penultimate year is always going to be like rough, because it's a lot of placeholder. Yeah, yeah, you gotta do a lot of setup. I mean, and I, I respect a creator who is firm in their vision. I don't know if you need to be as firm as filming it seven seasons <laughs> prior or whatever, but you know, re- res- respect to you for saying this is how this story is going to end. Fuck it. Now, you know, it's you know a show that you have on your list. That's this is probably the one of the most divisive. Finale specifically, but maybe series in general that yeah. followed that same ethos was lost. Oh man, they I don't had... get like to me. All right, the Sopranos argument that Angel always has is my lost argument. Okay, because there are people who watch the Lost finale who still don't even understand what was happening. Ugh, I hate those people. The people that think they're still in purgatory or something. Well, the people that thought the whole show was purgatory, like it drives <laughs> them crazy. It's not that. In case you were still wondering in 2020, loss is, is not about people being dead and in purgatory. It's not what happened. It's not what happened. They've said it themselves. So I remember that. Was it a Sunday? No, it was still the regular night, I believe. But it was like it was dumb late I because mean, it was like it was one of those things where it's like, here's the finale, local news and local news is like, oh, here's this bar where they're showing the finale and all these people talking. To them. Like it was such a, a cultural phenomenon. And I remember being like, I don't want to say that's it. Because, I mean, it was a solid way to end the series. It just, it didn't hit for me, I think. Like, I just w- have no heart. Maybe, I mean, that's probably true. My, <laughs> my heart is black and, and, and destroyed over, over these years of uh, pain. No, but, um, yeah, it just, it didn't, it didn't hit for me, I think, the way it, it might have hit for you and other people. No disrespect to it. I, I, it's a fine finale. But. What didn't hit? I need to rewatch. I th- it's it's always that shit where it's like okay, the fate. Well, is the is the is the final scene just it, too? It's the final scene because it's that the fade, I the can't fade be to mad white. At anyone feeling that? I hate a fade to white. You know what I'm saying? All these people. So I remember being down like because it was what Hurley was like one of the last guys left on the island or whatever. Yeah, like you know, yeah. I I remember Spoiler it all. Alert. If you, again, if you ever watch Lost. <laughs> And you're listening to this podcast. I respect to you, but uh, you know that that's one of the the, the cornerstones of uh, what we're talking about when, especially when it comes to TV. Yeah, I think it, it was probably just that last scene. Everybody kind of just being you know pally and chummy, and then a fade the a, a fade the white. That, that's where I was kind of just like, oh, that's it. But again, I respect going out that way, and you know, and I, I can't. I'm not mad at you for putting that as one of your best series finales. Because again, what other way would you even end that show? I'm going to preface this by saying, fuck this man. But when I was growing up, one of the finales that really stood out to me was the Cosby show finale. Primarily, and again, you talk about, you talk about Seinfeld with, uh, you know, clip shows and whatnot. One of the keys to the Cosby finale is that it takes place during Theo's graduation from college. And while, 
Cliff is at the graduation ceremony, he's thinking back to the pilot where he's had his, it's it's a famous conversation he had with his son where they were going um, back and forth about, with the Monopoly money. With the right? Monopoly money, exactly. Right. He They replay that whole scene, and he basically misses the whole graduation or whatever. But then, like, it's it's that. At the end, it's like there was this whole thing in the last season where he couldn't get the doorbell fixed. And then, it like, the, it's the last time he hits it. And, like, some music starts playing, and him and, and Claire, they start dancing. And then they dance off, and it's like the walking, you see the crowd and everything. Stuff like that's cool. It's the same thing with Everybody Loves Raymond. You know, it's it wasn't that wasn't a blow. That's away. a show I've never cared about in my life. Raymond's Raymond for a sitcom. Raymond's got a lot of really good writing. It's like there's some seasons where it's just like they're so in sync, and you know the jokes, just every joke after joke, the, the setups are amazing. They have some. There's some really phenomenal sitcom television work in that show. But that was another one where it was like instead of going the route of we're going to do, it's just going to be a fucking crazy thing. There's going to be this wild conflict. It was like Raymond like has a, a, a health problem at the hospital and everybody starts thinking about his mortality. And instead of like, Oh snap, he died or da 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 da. It was like everybody, it, it was a regular episode, but the way the episode ends is just everybody at the table going back and forth, having fun eating. It's literally the show. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's not some crazy final story. It's not some are they going to get a divorce? Da 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 da. It's a it's a dope episode that ends as a lot of them start or as a lot of them are with just you know the family jaw jacking and you know just being together. It, moments like that I appreciate. They don't make my list, but stuff like that I like to see that at least in a sitcom world. So it's like a clever way to have just a perfect episode of the show that also still has like a wink. Facts. Big facts. Big facts. It's just, yeah, and, I and, and I wonder if sometimes that's what people are looking for. You know, they, they want to be comforted. They want to have a, 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 a fond farewell to a show that they've stuck with for a while. And that's great. So I'm going to come in with a super crazy um, Frasier hot take. Uh, Angel is basically like the genre TV version of the Sopranos finale. <laughs> I'll say it. I'll say it. Break that down, though. For people that don't necessarily understand Mr. Angel Diaz, break that down. Unpack that a little bit. No, no, no. Angel the TV show. Oh, I thought you were talking about Mr. Angel Diaz. My bad. No. My bad. Well, now, as a novice. Okay. As in, I've never watched any of the Because you, you've got Angel. you're slacking. How many episodes of the show are there? There's got to be over 100. There's got to be 200 <laughs> episodes of Angel at some point. No, but break that down. What what exactly do you mean by that? Cuz that's a that's a supreme hot take. Do well, all right. So the last shot is um you know, kind of like a a certain a certain sudden death kind of thing. Mm. But that ends to black. And it's like you can read that as a cliffhanger or you can kind of read that as like a summation of the show's themes that like you know, it just never ends. Big facts. Big facts. Which I th- which is why, you know, I think when we argue with Angel Diaz about the Sopranos finale, it's like, you know, his contention is always that he just wanted to see, like, death. Yeah. Which And I think the finale has other things on its mind than that. You've also got Buffy on your Oh, list. yeah. That's just, that's a, uh, I mean, you can talk about Buffy in a way that, um... 
you know, a good finale is also one that kind of like flips the show's themes in a way Word. while still upholding them. Uh, Buffy was cool because, you know, the show is always built around like lonerism yeah. and shit like that. Mm-hmm. And the finale finds a really genius way to, um, you know, uphold one of the show's other themes, which is like kind of a bucking the system or the uh, tradition type of way. So Buffy finds a clever way to kind of, you know, buck the the tradition one last time and um, almost kind of render all every rule they set broken, which you can do in your last episode because it doesn't matter. Word. Yeah, that makes sense. And they had no, pl- like, what happened? Buffy became Angel? No. Angel is a character that starts on Buffy. Oh, uh, it was a, it was literally a and spin-off. Le- and it, uh, leaves to get his own show around like the midway. Jesus. This fucking... You need to do that. If you watch Riverdale, you need to do Buffy and you need to do Veronica Mars. Fuck. That's all I'm saying. I have no time. I, I, I have no time. I haven't even finished Katie Keene yet. I mean... And I'm 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 deep in the Riverdale Riverdale weeds. On that note, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna do another super uh, Frasier moment. Uh-oh. Everyone knows I never stop stumping for the show, The Shield. If we want to mm. talk about prestige um, cable dramas, yeah, from the golden age. Was that one the of the Shield? That was a, a, a early FX show, super early. Yeah, I, I remember early. that. I re- that two thousand. I want to say oh one, oh two, May May two thousand two, is what the uh, what the street. I remember when that was because FX nobody was checking for FX back then. That's an all time great pilot and an all time great finale. Um, shows like Breaking Bad, just for one example, off top, have definitely studied that final season. Like when it comes to building a whole series up or, you know, dominoes that you want to start crashing mm. in the final year, that show is low-key, like, your favorite writer's textbook. Damn. That's and a- that finale is, like, just really genius in a way of, like, giving everyone their comeuppance in, like, interesting ways. Damn. I really need to get I, into The Shield. You do. I the last shot is, like, really, really dope. Shouts out Michael Chiklis. I do think too. It, it, you mentioned last shots, and I think I, I'd be remiss if we don't talk about the wire. Um, which, again, prefaces by saying season five isn't one of my favorite seasons of television. Um, Classic montage, though. It's it's fine in terms of a wire one, but I think wire. And I mean, if we talk about just season finales in general, um, the wire does really good last episodes. They always have, you mentioned a montage. I remember the season two montage being like, damn, I think that season one's montage was cool, or at least that finale was cool. But season two where they really were like, look, here's all these stories and these are where these motherfuckers end up. I think the wire one hit a little different because obviously not everybody was hunky-dory. I'm trying to think. There were a number of people who like, Dookie's a whole fucking heroin at it with the with the horse well the duel. genius thing about the the genius thing about the wire finale is that it's like um you know all cyclical yeah like the people who have happy endings or or get out or escape in some way 
there's someone to take their place. So, you know, mm -hmm. you see a Bubbles finally get clean, and Dookie's kind of like the new Bubbles. Facts. Yeah. But it, and so I, I think that's what's genius about it. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, tying into that, it, it definitely shows, and, and again, just like, you know, The Sopranos, what have you, it's like the story never really ends, you know? It's, exactly. It's another situation where until, you know, this country can change itself, the cycle is always going to repeat and there's going to be people that are going to win. And there's some people that are going to be fucking destitute. So, you know, you, you kind of have to deal with that. Um, and I think that when I was, that was one of those shows where I, I was really sad to see it go. I'm glad that they ended it. Um, and they didn't like continue to, you know, try and put out more seasons that weren't going to be up to, up to par. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it strong. It, Stayed strong, stayed strong, even though I didn't really fuck with some of the stories in that final season. Um, well, I think to bring it back full circle, then, you know, the show that inspired this convo, Mad Men having a good anniversary, mm -hmm. that finale is like a real work of art. But it's one where it, I do kind of understand some people's frustration with it because it is one where you need like some uh historical context to really understand like the show yeah. always worked in history obviously it's taking place in the 60s one of those turbulent decades but you don't need to know the particulars of like the cuban missile crisis or sure. jfk to like get what's going on in the show and how it affects the characters mm -hmm. the last scene of the show you have to know um a like what's considered one of the most famous uh advertisements the Coke one, right? Like Where history. they're yeah. on a hill or whatever, like it's all sunny and shit. And you have to know that, you have to know the creator, Matthew Weiner's opinion of that. Mm, okay. So if you don't know those two things, which are, you know, are, are I guess, extracurricular to just watching the show, yeah. then I could see you be kind of like, what the fuck is this? Word. It's almost, it's. I don't want to say it's too meta, but it definitely requires a couple of steps that might take people out. But that's that shot. Him with the eyes closed. Yeah. The, 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 that's an iconic shot. If you can have an iconic shot in your series finale, you've done it. And I'm, I'm not the biggest, you know, Mad Men head at all. But I, I remember when that finale hit, that shot was everywhere. Hated it, loved it, whatever. That shit was everywhere. It's a moment. Again, a, a, a cultural phenomenon, if you will. It's right up there with, you know, the Sopranos Diner. Mm -hmm. Um, I think... Uh, Mr. Robot will get there, like maybe five years from now. That that shot of the four of them, you know which one I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn, I want to rewatch that. Matter Lost, of fact, <laughs> Matthew Fox and the dog, iconic shot. The dog laid down too, right? Yes. What a good dog. That. Breaking Bad has an iconic shot, even though I don't think Breaking Bad is an all-time great finale. Well, I think it's just a fine finale. I will say that um, I was satisfied. I was, again, in terms of being story coming to its, its natural progression, I was fine with that whole episode just being Walt finishing the deal, setting up that fucking giant-ass gun, taking everybody out, including himself, and then just laying there and dying. And then the shot of Jesse in the car. Again, I didn't need El Camino to tell me what happened with Jesse Pinkman. I didn't need shouts to them for doing it. Shouts to Robert Forrester for, you know, bringing it back and having, you know, dope moments 
in a movie that was more fan service than we really needed. But uh, that sh- Jesse banging the wheel and running through the gate, I loved it. I loved it. I was I was m- as moved as my black heart could be <laughs> by that moment. But you you just thought it, you you weren't really you know too pressed for it. Yeah, it's just kind of whatever. I don't know. It kind of it, it's too middle of the road. I think they kind of responded in, to some people, to some fans or audiences, you know, um, bad reactions to finales that tend further away from definitive closure, like The Sopranos, and just mm. hit you way too hard with a, a firm period for me. I like an ellipsis. Actually, I want to go back because I don't know. He probably has talked about it, but I've not really read about Vince's thoughts on things like that, on, you know, stories having a definitive ending. This is There's no other question about what would have happened. This is what it was. Um, and, I, and again, shouts out to Netflix for, you know, letting them, you know, revisit the characters and everything. I don't really think El Camino was needed. Because El Camino is not the El Camino is not the button I need on the end of Breaking Bad. It's cool that it exists, but they could have put some energy somewhere else. You want to talk about future iconic finale shots? MJ at the end of Last Dance, smoking the longest cigar you've ever seen in your life, <laughs> looking sad and forlorn at his palatial estate at the beach. That shit is that's an all-time ending. These cigars are longer than my fucking forearm. A fucking like, what the hell, lo- a Looney Tunes level long cigar. <laughs> So, you know, this isn't like a hard or fast rule, but I think when you're talking about all of time, Hall of Fame, classic series finales, there are a couple hallmarks that they share that I think are important to to really delivering. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just to go through some of those, I think the last episode always has to like kind of uphold the show's like core themes, mm-hmm. whether like in a, usually it's better if it's not on the nose, but yeah. And then I think, um, for me, uh, the best ones always have an iconic last shot, like Facts. the Sopranos uh, family dinner, Lost, Jack and the Dog, mm-hmm. Mad Men, that extreme close-up on Don Draper's face, uh, you know, what's that? the Shield, Big Mackey at the desk. Word. There's always, there's always got to be some image there that you're like, yeah, this is the stamp. This, this show is over. Um, I think it helps if there's a dope needle drop, you know, cl- yeah, yeah. I, I, oh, Breaking Bad had a good one. Breaking Bad had a great one, but I, I'll never forget, you know, being a Jersey guy, I worked at <laughs> a, a, a place we, we, I worked for a place that worked for the, the, the government, the, the New Jersey government, whatever. When I walked into work the Monday after the Sopranos finale, it's a guy I worked with. He always had NJ 101.5 on. And Don't Stop Believing was on. And I think Don't Stop Believing was on every day for like a month at that time in the morning. It, I mean, it, it went back into the Billboard charts because of just how iconic the use of that was. But yeah, I think you need that particular song. Or right. Some, you and need it's almost to a point. Moment. Well, it's almost to a point where like no one else can use that song. Like you can, but you're not gonna. You're just gonna be a pale imitation of that moment. Like the Sopranos owns. Don't stop believing. Now. Big facts. Big facts. Um, I also think it helps that uh, you know that you can either 
when you talk about an ending, it can either be something that is open ended or something that you know is the, it's really what you want to do if you want to have it be open or closed. But you, I think you need to make a decision and stick with it. You know, again, whether it's fucking How I Met Your Mother or Lost or The Sopranos, like you, you have to come to some type of point that makes sense. But it doesn't necessarily have to be so on the fucking nose. You can. Right. Open it it doesn't have to be like, you know, Modern Family was a show that just um, ended. Uh, it doesn't have to be a show that, an episode that like kind of, you know, definitively splits the whole premise apart. Like the whole family moves away in Modern Family. Like, yeah. It doesn't have to be that extreme, but it has to be some kind of thing that puts like a, a nice little button mm-hmm. on what the show is. In fact. So th- these aren't hard and fast rules, but... You should be sticking to – if we've got a number, you should – at least two or three of these. You should be aware of writing these into your series finales, specifically. Season finales can be – you can throw a cliffhanger in there. You can do whatever you want. You're ending that series, and you want to be deemed in that upper echelon. You want to be on that Rushmore of illest final episodes of a television series. You better check a couple of these off that list, my guy, or my girl, whoever's writing the show. So, yeah, that's going to do it again for us this week. Really appreciate you guys for taking the time out to listen. Um, once again, shouts out to Andrew and Karinsa for joining the pod and, uh, you know, re- reliving some of our uh, our conversations via text for you guys. Um, you can always catch Watch Less Wednesdays, 6 a.m., Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Complex Pop. Get in the conversation. Let us know what some of your favorite finales were. Are you rocking with Outer Banks? Are you watching Normal People? If so, are you okay? You feeling all right? Let us know what you're thinking. Um, let us let the world know what you're thinking about the podcast. Wherever you're getting it, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, and review. That helps us out a lot, and we want to do more for you. So couple of seconds out your day we'd greatly appreciate it um for fraser the summer man i'm cal advising you as always to stay the hell away from people social distancing it is a serious topic serious business we don't need COVID 19 messing up the rest of the year so uh keep that six feet distance wash your damn hands use some sanitizer or something tune in and watch less peace watch less is hosted by fraser tharp and myself cal Our producer is Taliba Newman. Associate producer and sound engineer is Jasmine Plata. Production manager, Chancel Correa. Talent booker, Anthony Allred. Junior booker, Austin Bailey. Our director of talent relations is Kristen Price Harrell. And our senior director of operations is Jen Stewart. Watch Less is a part of the Complex Podcast Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.